Welcome back to Draco's Den, everybody. I am of late as hell deciding to do a recording because an idea has popped up for a show. And while it's fresh on my mind and I'm not really all that sleepy because I took one extra long ass nap today, I figured I would go ahead and speak on this particular topic. So to let y'all know what's, what prompted this discussion here. So I had seen an article a while ago about a YouTuber or two, a YouTuber wife and husband or whatever the hell that claimed they, um, in their words, rehomed an adopted son who has autism um, two years or so after they adopted him. And I had seen this weeks ago and I, I made a little bit of a, a rant about it on Facebook when I saw it at the time, but I was tagged in the post again by uh, my sister Kia, and it just kind of reignites a little bit of frustration that I have being a foster parent, being someone who is raising a child with autism, being someone that constantly does have the question of whether or not I will adopt or take guardianship of any of the children that come into my home. And then the term rehomed. So I'm going to get into this a little bit more. And I, you know, I had to do a, at least a little bit of rudimentary research here to see what the hell this was. And I'm still offended by it. And I'm going to go into that in, in detail. But I'm also just kind of going to speak on why, if you are going to be an adoptive parent, you need to really consider what you're willing to take on. I don't want to say deal with that. I want to say what, what you're willing to take on if you're going to adopt a child. And some of this is going to apply to just if you have children naturally too, because if you are a parent, whether you are a biological parent or a foster or adoptive parent, there are things that you should kind of keep in mind before you take the task of being a parent on. So today's show, that's what we're going to focus on. What the hell, you know, needs to go through your mind before you become any kind of parent? But, it's, you know, I'm speaking more from the adoptive and foster parent side as I don't have any biological children that have made it into this world as far as I know. But these same concepts should apply if you're just, you know, going into being a biological parent too, because even from a biological standpoint, you have no idea what you're going to get. So we're going to discuss this particular YouTuber and, and this rehoming shit. And I'm going to cuss a lot in this episode too, just like I do in any other one that sets me up because this one just personally fucking bothers me. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to get into it right here. Okay, now let, let me give you all some background on the post that I was tagged in. Apparently, this YouTuber is Miko or Micah Stolfer and her husband, James. Now, apparently, they had adopted a child, um, a son named Huxley. And from what I've read here, after two and a half, three years uh, of raising this child and discovering he's autistic and discovering that raising any child with autism, any child on the spectrum, comes with a very unique set of challenges. 
the article that I see here says that they basically said that they weren't aware of what it would be like to take care of this child. There, that he had a lot of special needs that they weren't aware of and that they weren't told. And what kind of kills me, first off, it takes a while before you can see if a child is legitimately on the spectrum. I don't think that that's just an automatic you know, from my understanding of dealing with an autistic child, that's not a just at birth, you just look at him, oh, well, he's going to be autistic. You know, it, normally children are older when we discover they're on the spectrum. It, you know, comes when they start missing developmental milestones and stuff like that. You know, something has to, you know, trigger you to look into that. So the idea that you weren't told is bullshit. How the fuck were they supposed to know that? We don't have a, a predictor like that to just say, hey, by the way, this newborn kid that you're adopting is fucking autistic. And it's kind of unfair to expect to know everything about a child that you're going to adopt. Now, I'm going to stick this in here. First off, when it comes to something like autism, there's no gene that's been isolated that says, oh, well, this is a hereditary thing that, you know, if, if this person in your family is autistic, you know, that this goes down. No. You cannot, you know, come from a family where as far as you know, you never had anyone on the spectrum and then you give birth to a child and they're, they're on the spectrum, you know, in varying degrees. Now, I have a child who is, you know, very verbal. He's a verbal autistic child, but he well, it wasn't diagnosed until he came into care, and, you know, he was about four and a half, five years old but when he was brought into foster care, and there were a lot of delays with him, you know, being with his biological family at first, not knowing and not being willing to seek help with the extreme behaviors that he was exhibiting at the time, so it took quite a while for him to be diagnosed and even now, you know, obviously after years of being in the system, we still have, you know, some issues that he has to overcome related not only to the autism, but the traumas. But looking at it from that diagnosis, you know, it's never going to be easy to take care of him. And with my son and the level that he's at, he will need additional care pretty much the rest of his life. My thing is this. If you had birthed a child and he, he or she is diagnosed with autism after two and a half or three years, are you going to give them up for adoption? But I'm going to take y'all back a little bit here because I, I discussed earlier on in one of my shows you know, giving advice to those thinking about being foster parents or adoptive parents. And I'm going to circle back to that one because the process here in Missouri, when I started working with my licensing worker to get licensed to originally, I was just going to be an adoptive parent because they told me I had to choose. 
And since my goal at the time was more long-term, I chose adoption first. And then I went backwards and, and, and said, you know what, I'd rather do foster. And then if I have a foster child stay with me long enough, just adopt them and do it the way that's kind of fucking normal anyway. So when I started this process, when I met with the worker, she came with paperwork. This paperwork had a very, very long checklist. And it says, you know, basically, these are the types of things that are common in the children that come into care. And it's a very long list. Very, very long list. Covers all kinds of shit. All kinds of behaviors. All kinds of disorders, both mental and physical. It covers all of it. You know, anything that you can think of that might potentially be somewhat difficult to deal with in a child is kind of covered in this list. And it asks you to rate your willingness to accept a child with these issues, these behaviors, these developmental disorders, these mental disorders, so on and so forth. It's a very long list. Now, at the time I was in a relationship and we had to, as a couple, fill out this list and decide what are we willing to deal with? What are we not willing to deal with? What do we know how to deal with? What are we willing to learn how to deal with? So on and so forth. And here's the thing. We were told up front If you're going into this expecting to get a picture-perfect child, you're doing this for the wrong reasons. First off, there's no such thing as a picture-perfect child in any damn way, but especially with children who are being, you know, who are in foster care or who are being adopted out, there are more issues that are going to come along with them. There are going to be attachment issues. There's going to be traumatic issues. There's going to be abandonment and neglect issues, you know, they may have suffered different forms of abuse. We may not know as a worker what form of abuse they've actually suffered. You as a parent might find that out after they've been living with you for six months to a year, two years, three years, however long. They'll tell you stuff that we never knew. So after, you know, when we're meeting with this worker and she gives us this list and we're going through the list with her the first time. Now, and we go through one by one, and if we have some questions or we're like, mm, I'm not really sure on that one, it has, I'm definitely willing to accept, willing to discuss, willing to learn more about, not really willing to accept, or definitely not willing to accept. And the one thing they tell us, the, the worker told me, and I did, I went through this process twice because I started it with my ex and then ultimately wound up doing this on my own because me and the ex didn't work out. She told us you need to be very honest with yourself because, you know, what you say, yes, you're willing to deal with or you're willing to learn more about is what you're going to get calls for. And we also had to learn that there are levels to foster children. There's the traditional, quote unquote, traditional level foster children. And then there's ones for more severe developmental and physical problems and more behavioral problems and whatever and the pay scale goes up a little bit and that's fine it's dandy whatever but the main that wasn't ever the the real concern for me it helps to get that little additional money but trust me it won't break me if i didn't get it the main thing was to keep track of what am i willing to deal with and this list goes from everything to like can you deal with a child who steals can you deal with a child who hoards food can you deal with the child um who is uh, sexually promiscuous. And this goes for the younger children as well as the older ones, you know, the teenagers. Are you willing to take teenagers? Are you willing to take a teenager in that's already pregnant or a teenager that already has children? Are you willing to take in, 
you know, a child that has a disease such as, you know, HIV, AIDS, or, you know, something sexually transmitted to, are you willing to take in a child that's, that happens to have a bit of an issue with arson? Are you willing to take in a child with several other disorders, you know, reactive attachment disorder? Are you willing to take in children with autism? Are you willing to take children with retardation, mild and severe? Are you willing to take in children that have extreme medical needs? You know, like they, they need a wheelchair to get around or they're constantly bedridden or, you know, something along those lines. Um, are you willing to take in children that you know may behave a little bit inappropriately towards adults based on their background. All of these things and more are covered in this checklist. Now, again, I'm in Missouri. And this is our process here. And it's not perfect here either. Nothing about the foster care system in America is perfect. However, this is what I knew going into this trying to adopt a child that these, you know, these are the things I had to say whether I was willing to accept. And from my own personal standpoint, the only things that I said I was not, I was definitely not willing to accept if I know it in advance was any child that likes to play with fire. So if you've got an arson thing going, you ain't welcome in my house. I don't want to wake up in hell. Mm-mm. And I, I'm not willing to deal with a child who steals. It triggers me. That being said, I have a child who steals, but we didn't know that before I got him. That hadn't been established to me. Had it been established, we probably wouldn't be in this situation right now. At this point, a little bit late to be saying, oh, I can't deal with this shit. We're a year and a half, almost two years into this. I'm, I'm pretty much just going to go with this at this point and, and work with it. But those are the two main things that I remember saying I absolutely would not deal with. There were some other things on there I'm sure that I said I, did, I wasn't sure about or I would need more information about, such as you know, any children with mild or severe retardation was something I would have to strongly consider because their needs would be so high. And for me to be a single parent and have to work, probably not the best fit. Um, in that list, I also cover the age ranges I was willing to take. And my original age range was zero to 12. So newborn to 12 was what I was willing to take. As we know, I have a 16, almost 17 year old. He turns 17 in eight days. Um, in my home now. And that was because when I started fostering after my, what is technically my middle child was removed from my home when, you know, we were trying to go through the adoption process. My idea at that point was, well, let me try a teenager and let's see what's the difference. And I tried two. The teenager that's currently in my home is the second of those two. And he and I have developed a, bit more of a, a relationship especially this last time around just because I'm a little something he's not used to but that's a whole other story and that's not what we get into right now point is you know that they ask you all of these questions of what you're willing to do now for me as a single dad it's hard to get newborns they generally speaking and my my license of worker is very upfront with me she told me up front that the odds of me getting a newborn were very slim because I'm single and more often than not, when they get a newborn in, it's an emergency placement and they normally give those to couples, which in a sense kind of makes sense because if I'm single and I work full time, I really can't get that phone call at two o'clock in the morning. Can you take in this newborn baby and, you know, be able to make arrangements quickly like that. And even working from home now during the pandemic, I work in customer service. I kind of can't have background noise like that. So 
a newborn is not really the most feasible idea for me right now. And even a, a, a toddler would be a little bit difficult because it's only me here. So they kind of tend to bring me some of the older kids. Fine, Andy, whatever. But one of the things that I was more than willing to deal with was a child born with autism. I have friends with autism. I have a family member, y'all, that, um, well, who I consider a family member that's autistic. And that the idea of raising a child with autism did not bother me. I've been around them. I, I have something of an idea of what goes into that one. And, of course, it's, you know, nothing... Trump's experience in this regard, but I knew enough. So that's telling you that starting the process before I ever got a kid in my home, I had a list of things that the my licensing worker knows and therefore shares with other workers who are calling me what I'm willing to deal with. Now, every now and then they forget what the fuck I say and, and, and call me about a child that's too old or with behavioral problems I'm absolutely not going to deal with. And I politely cuss them the fuck out because I've already told you I'm not going to deal with these things. Sometimes I'm nicer, but sometimes I'm like, if you call me back to back, which in one case for one of my previous children, they called me back for and repeatedly called me trying to get me to, to you know take him back and absolutely fucking not. If I told you no, and if I put a child out of my damn house, I put him out, as in I told you come get him before I kill him type shit, no. He ain't come back here. But they know these things. And I know, knew coming into this, what I was potentially going to be called for. Now, I know their their situation is probably different because they just adopted him outright, and more than likely they were just looking for adoption. And maybe they probably went through a private agency and not a state agency. Fine, Dandy, whatever. If they adopted the child from China, they went through a private agency that, that, that didn't come from over here. More than likely. Don't know. Don't give a shit. Point of the matter is, even through the private agencies, I'm pretty sure they had some form of similar discussion with you. But then... Child is, has autism. You get the child and you keep him for over two years. Over two years. And you decide, but this doesn't work for me. This is too much work. Hmm. It's kind of interesting. And what makes it worse is that you have the audacity to use the word that you rehomed him. We're going to harp on this word rehomed because it, it just pisses me off. So you rehomed a child. Do you do realize that's a fucking term that's never used when it comes to children? That's a term that's used for animals, for strays, like that. But you tell us you rehomed your child. No fucker, you abandoned your child. There's a difference. You fully adopted this child. He wasn't even a foster child, which is generally thought to be designed to be temporary. This was a child you had actually finished the adoption process on, as in, in Missouri, when you adopt the child, the, the adoption order says that such and such child is basically yours as born unto you, meaning that this child is yours from a legal standpoint as if you gave birth to them, okay? And you were legally responsible for them as if you pushed them out or bust the nut to make them. And yes, I'm using crude terms, but apparently some of you dumb fucks only understand crude terms, so I'm going to speak on that level. Adoption is supposed to be final. 
You don't rehome him like he's a fucking dog. He's not a dog. He's not a stray dog. He's not a stray cat. He's not any form of fucking animal. He's a fucking human being. You don't rehome him because, oh, it's too hard. Newsflash, bitch. Parenting in general is going to be hard. And again, I said this earlier and I'm going to say it again. You have no way of telling if a child that you naturally birth is going to come here with autism or some form of retardation or some other developmental delay or disorder or mental disorder. You have you, you don't know. There's a lot of shit going on in the gene pool these days. So you don't really know, even with your birth children, what the fuck you're going to get. And then things creep up on, on some of us that we don't know, like... If you do, in the black community, especially if you don't know that you were born with the sickle cell trait, if you didn't get tested for that specifically for some reason, and a lot of us don't know that we have that, and sickle cell seems, as, as if I remember right, only affects us. But if you don't know that you were born with that trait, you don't know to ask your partner if they were born with that trait, and then you end up with a child with sickle cell. Same can be said for other diseases, but you get my fucking point here. We have no idea what crapshoot we're going to get even when we birth children ourselves, let alone when you're taking in a child birth by somebody else. If you're going to be a foster or adoptive parent, meaning you don't want to do short term and you only want to go and adopt a child, if you have this idea in your head that just because you got them at birth, you're not going to run across any attachment issues, you're they're going to be this perfect poster fucking child and y'all gonna have the white picket fence and the house and all that shit and it's just gonna be it's fucking sunshiny life for y'all you are living in the land of delusion just to be quite perfectly fucking frank you are delusional that's not how it works i'm not saying that you need to go into this expecting the worst but you should go into this with the open enough mind of knowing you have no idea what the fuck you're going to get, whether you birth this child or whether you're adopting this child. There's no fucking way to fully know. Even if you adopt an older child, there are things that I find out from my children that were definitely not in their file, that they had never told a caseworker, that the caseworker had no way to find out, no family came forward with this information, and I find out. So when I find out that my child has been, you know, previously been starved, None of the workers knew this. That's information that only I would get. Which explains the behavior of constantly wanting to steal food. Am I supposed to immediately kick him out of my house? Because, oh, originally I said I didn't want a kid that had a, had a issue with stealing. No. It's not how that works. When you take the time to invest in these children. And when you invest at, at that point, two years, almost three years into raising this child and you have the audacity to quote unquote rehome him like he's some kind of lost fucking sad puppy, you're a shit human being. And I don't have any sympathy for you. See, if you were just documenting that you were struggling, you know, meeting some of his needs, that I can understand because again, I have an autistic child and mine is 13. And it is very hard to meet some of his needs. He's 13 years old. He's at an age where a neurotypical child can, you know, be at home alone for a couple hours on their own and be trusted not to burn the bitch down or, you know, 
leave and and wander off and not come home or something like that. I have a 13-year-old autistic child who will always need some form of supervision, even if I can get him to a point of somewhat independence. You know, the prognosis for when he reaches adulthood is he's going to have to have someone check in on him constantly, that I will still have to handle all of his financial shit even when he lives on his own. Because I'm not doing that apartment of the garage shit. You know, I would have to do like an assisted living home for him, somewhere where he has a sense of independence, but someone that can check in on him every day while I manage his finances and, you know, all of his legal stuff. But I would have someone else, you know, a nurse or something coming in to check and make sure he's taking meds and all that shit throughout the day. These are things that are already, that were projected when I got him. And I'm two years in at this, at this point, almost three years in actually, let's see. Yeah. Almost three years. Because he turns 14, I got him when he was 11. So I'm almost three years into this. These are things that I knew, you know, when I went, sat and went through the staffing interview to be considered to adopt this child. And afterwards, when I went through his file, you know, they did let me know some information. And there's a lot of shit that they were missing out on. There's a lot of shit that they didn't prepare me for. There's a lot of shit they didn't prepare him for. There's a lot of shit that was mishandled with my middle child and is continually being mishandled. Another story. Point of the matter is, I was at least told that we, they had the, the idea, based on his developmental progress thus far, that this is the type of life that he would live. He would eventually reach a point, you know, with some stability of having some independence, but he would always need someone to assist. Which means they were saying to me, this child is a lifetime commitment, which that's the same for any of the children that I'm going to adopt. My foster children may not necessarily be a lifetime commitment, although they really are. Because as they stay with me, they develop an attachment with me. And even if they do go back to their birth families, they want to keep that connection open. You know, I, I just had a conversation with my little one where he was listening to me talking about wanting to move to Arizona, and I intend to, but I need his situation and my oldest child's situation resolved before I can leave. His question to me, because, of course, he still thinks that he's returning to bio parents, regardless of what the fuck is going on in this situation, he's like, well, can I come visit? Of course you can come visit. Summertime, spring break, whatever, yeah, by, by all means, we, we can arrange those visits. Because I have formed this connection with him, and that connection is going to hold an impact on him, even if he leaves my house tomorrow. Not a fucking possibility, but just saying. Therefore, in the case of this fucking YouTuber, having the audacity to tell us that they rehomed their child because they just weren't aware of what it would be like to take care of him. Well, did you do any fucking research? And did you look into any of the resources that are available to you raising a child with autism? Did you look into the disability, you know, benefits that are offered to them? Did you look into whether or not your state can allow you to have him registered under your Department of Mental Health for additional assistance and funds and, you know, resources to help, you know, give you time off and stuff like that? There are sources out there if you research the shit. When you found out he was, you know, diagnosed with autism, did you research what that meant? Is he even old enough for you to discover what, which, how far on the spectrum he is? Is he nonverbal now? Is he always going to be nonverbal, or will he just learn really late? 
what the fuck research did you do before you decided to treat him like he's a puppy and give him away to another family? And the fact that you had him for almost three years means you added unnecessary trauma to this child's life by rehoming him, you dumb, dumb, sack of fucking idiocy. You rehomed him and you added trauma that didn't need to be there. And trauma is, from my experience, so much harder for an autistic child to process. It is so much harder for them to work past because of the way their brain is already wired to work. Not that it's easy for any of the rest of us, but it seems to be so much harder for for a child that suffers from, or I don't even want to say suffers from, but a child born with autism. Because saying that they suffer from autism implies that they are less than human or that they're less than desirable. Yes, it takes a lot of work with a child with autism and, and, you know, with the world being as cruel as it is, it takes a lot to try to build up their self-esteem, to try to build up their, you know, some sense of independence and getting them to, okay, so it takes a little longer and it takes a little bit more work, but guess what? When you signed up to be a parent, that's what the fuck you signed up for. I do not understand this woman's logic. I do not understand her husband's logic. I do not understand either of you. I do not relate to either of you. I do not condone what you did. I don't agree with it. And honestly, I think that you should never be allowed to have any more children. You should never be allowed to adopt another child. If you kept a child, legally adopted him, which means you are legally his parents, the same as if you had given birth to him, and then you, in your words, rehomed him because that's a fucking term that you stupid jackasses decided to use with your audience. I don't... I don't get it. And, again, these people are YouTubers. Apparently, fairly successful. Um... And they've had videos, done videos about this child and their adoption journey. And these videos are monetized. So y'all are making money off of the child. And then when you find out he has autism, you decide to ship him off to another family and quote-unquote rehome him. And I'm going to keep using that word because the word just pisses me off. He, again, he's not a fucking puppy. I don't get how you rehome a child. What the fuck does that mean? When you adopt a child, it's a forever home. That's what the fuck it's supposed to be for them. You're supposed to be providing them a forever home. And what you instead did was even worse than... than, To me, it's the same as if a birth parent... When a birth parent, you know, just is done with their child and abandons them. Same deal. You've been raising this kid. And his autism is too much with you. Too much. And I just don't, I don't, I don't get it. I find it personally triggering as a parent in general, whether you look at me as just a foster parent or just uh, adoptive or pre-adoptive parent, whatever fuck label you want to throw in front of it, I'm still a parent. The parent is still in there. And it offends me to my core as a parent to see these assholes say, well, I've had him for three years, but 
I don't know how to deal with this. And instead of finding a fucking way to deal with it, you treat him like, you know, the, the, the German shepherd you pick up from the fucking shelter and then decide, well, you know, that he's too traumatized or too whatever the hell. And I'm just not, I can't deal with it. And I'm going to give him to somebody else that has the time to, to deal with him. If you don't have the time to devote to a child with special needs of any sort, you should never have children. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. You should not have children in any way, shape, or form. You should not be a foster parent. You should not be an adoptive parent. You should not be a biological parent. Because if you can't handle the possibility of a child with special needs, you don't deserve the label of being a parent because there's no way to tell even with your biological children, that they won't be born with special needs. And if you're so willing to give him up because he had behaviors that you weren't aware of, newsflash, jackass, we're never aware of all of the behaviors our children are going to have. Any parent that has raised children can pretty much tell you at some point, your children are always going to do something that surprises you or baffles you, but you just don't fucking know how to deal with in the heat of the moment. That's part of parenting. So for you to sit there on your little high horse and sit there on your fucking YouTube channel after you've had this child and put him in videos and document this adoption journey and then... You rehomed him and you found him a forever home. You abandoned your child and somebody else is taking your responsibility that you signed up for because you adopted this child. If you didn't know that you could handle those types of things, yes, you may not have known when you got him that he was autistic. Who the fuck cares? Again, if you can't handle a child with special needs, you don't deserve to be a parent. If you don't know that you can handle it, you need not be doing anything that could make you a parent. Of any kind. You don't need to be a foster, adoptive, step-parent, biological parent, none of that shit. Parenting is hard. Parenting is work. Parenting is both fulfilling and unrewarding. Because you don't always get thank yous. Even when you raise your children with manners, they don't always say thank you for all the shit that you do for them. And, and realistically, you can't expect them to say thank you for every single thing that you do for them. If you're going to be a parent, any form of parent, you have to do it for the desire to actually be a parent. And you have to be willing to put in all the work that may potentially come up, whether that child is born neurotypical or not. And if you don't know what neurotypical means, that means in layman's terms, what most society calls normal. Or somebody who has some additional needs, such as being born on the spectrum, being born with Asperger's. Again, mental retardation in all of its forms. Children born with mental disorders, such as bipolar depression and, and or developing it later in life. There's all kinds of shit that comes up when you're raising these children. You know, so you can, might have a child that develops schizophrenia, might develop dissociative identity disorder or split personalities. You might have a child with a purely narcissistic personality disorder. These are all possibilities that you kind of have to keep in mind 
when you decide that you want to be a parent. And when you decide that you want to adopt children, you have to realize that you're definitely taking on a gamble because even with the most extensive file, my middle child had three boxes worth of paperwork. If I remember, no, no, one, two, three. It's actually about five boxes worth of paperwork that I had a day to sit and go through. Like I had to get take off work an entire day to go to this office and go through his physical file. Paperwork from the day that he came into care up until the point that I started, you know, discussions to get him. And that file has grown. There's probably two or three more boxes added on since I looked at the file. Even with all of that information, there is still shit that his workers have no idea about. There is still shit that they can't prove that he went through. There's still shit that may come up later in his life that more or less I just have to deal with as the time comes and accept. You know, when we have suspicions of things such as previous molestation that I've heard from people that were around the birth family as well as things that may have happened since he's come into care, there's suspected abuse all throughout my child's life. There's some that's confirmed. I know for a fact he was caged like an animal all while he was with his biological family. Literally, they put bars over his door and his grandmother or whatever's racist-ass boyfriend once told someone that relayed the message down to me that they said that they had to cage the monkey. My child is mixed. His bio family that he was with are Caucasian. So you can see the implications that come from him saying that. And again, he was autistic and they didn't know he was autistic because instead of trying to figure out why he wasn't doing things in a typical way, they just beat him and caged him and never bothered to do simple things like potty train him either until he wasn't potty trained until he came into care. And while in that home, there's suspicion has been passed down to me from someone who was much closer to that situation than I was at the time, that there was molestation going on in that home from multiple people. Because there were just some things that were noticed by a particular individual that he felt were, were highly inappropriate and in the way that they behaved. And the, the reaction that my child has to certain things lead us to believe he's been through these things, but he won't tell anyone. Or maybe he can't tell anyone. There's suspicion that there was additional abuse of a sexual nature when he's been in some of the residential homes that he's been in. There's, you know, been some suspicion that it's, you know, been a result of older children, been results of workers. There's been a lot of things and... He can't always speak up for himself. And then sometimes he does have a tendency to lie on people just because he's upset. So it's very hard to figure out, even if he were to tell us what happened and when and where and with who. And I mean, there there was an allegation made recently about someone and a sexual um, inappropriate whatever, you know, some form of molestation, which has to be investigated. And I think at this point, it's still being investigated. All I know at this time is that the investigation was not 
against me because that's all that they could tell me from a legal standpoint until it's concluded. So there are things that are going to come up later in life as you know, he, you know, continues to verbalize things. He may, you know, remember some of these things down the road or it may come up in a therapy session. It may come up just because something around the house triggers him and he might go fly off the fucking handle and we, you know, calm him down and ask why something else may come out. Plenty of things have come out that we didn't know. Plenty of things continue to come out, you know, so behaviors can come up later in life from things that we didn't know. It's a fucking crapshoot, all right? It's a gamble. It's a risk, and you have to be willing to take that risk and deal with whatever comes from it. You know, and and the other thing is, hell, you might, you know, be fostering or adopting a child, and that child just never attaches to you. No matter what you do, what level you try to relate to them on, they never attach to you. This is fully possible. These are things that you have to be prepared for as a parent. You cannot come in expecting, like, the fucking Brady Bunch children or something when you're adopting kids. It's just not a realistic expectation. So for this couple, these people... To have adopted a child and then rehomed him to a forever home. I don't get how the fuck you can call yourselves parents. And I hope that you're never allowed to be parents again. I hope that if you have any other children, frankly, I hope they get taken away. Because if you would give up one, you'll give up the others. I hope that you're never allowed to adopt another child anywhere ever again. When this goes in your, you know record as an adoptive parent, I I would hope that this would disbar you and remove your license. I don't know what proceedings are going on further into this. I don't really care unless the result is they're never allowed to adopt a child again. If you are quote-unquote rehoming a child, and again, I'm going to keep saying that word because it's just so offensive. If you're going to rehome a child because he's diagnosed with autism and his needs are higher than what you expected, And yes, their needs can get a little on the expensive side. But again, resources, look, research. Because if you were truly a parent and you were truly in this to be a parent, you look at this child as your child regardless of whether you birth them or not, and you do what the fuck it takes to take care of this child and give them some semblance of a happy life and a stable life. You don't fucking give them up when it becomes inconvenient to you. You don't give them up... For instance, because before you got this child, you were able to, you know, find babysitters for your other children and, you know, go take a a short vacation here and there, just you and your husband or you and your wife or whatever the fuck. And now once you have this child with all these severe needs, well, we can't really do the vacations anymore because we can't find a babysitter. So when we go on vacation, we have to take the kids with us. Oh, yeah, that's kind of part of the fucking territory of being a parent because even with a, you know, a traditional family and traditional kids, you might not be able to find a babysitter for those little fuckers. You might have to take family vacations every vacation. Fucking deal with it. 
or you can't do some of the extra, you know, things that you used to do. Like you had to cut back on your coffee budget. You can't keep going to fucking Starbucks every day and you can't, you know, going to the store is sometimes a little bit draining because of behaviors that might spring up again. I, I have no fucking sympathy for you here. You learn ways to help your children cope with what overwhelms them in these cases. So if you realize that you have an autistic child who can't stand loud noises, you should only do your grocery shopping when the other parent is home. One of you should do the grocery shopping. Fucking take turns. I don't care. But don't... And and even and for the record, those excuses didn't necessarily come from these particular individuals. It's just excuses that I've kind of heard about, you know, things that might have prompted a couple to do something like this. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit that your life has changed because children change your life for better or worse. And you're supposed to fucking deal with it. Now, it's nothing wrong with saying I need some help. It's nothing wrong for looking for outside help. Where the problem comes in is when you give him away like he doesn't mean shit because he's now a problem to you. And then you post about it on your little YouTube channel and you want some form of sympathy. We, I don't have any fucking sympathy for you. I personally think you deserve a, a spot in hell. And I don't even believe in hell. But if there was a hell, you deserve a spot in it. Now I'm going to go ahead and, and wrap this up. But here is my thing. I'm offended by this damn couple and their unwillingness to live up to the responsibilities that they agree to take on. I find them as egregious as I do any biological father who chooses not to be in their children's life or biological mother. I find the idea of taking on the responsibility of raising a child and a short while into it, you decide, well, this isn't for me, or before the child even gets in the world, this isn't for me. No, 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 You made the fucking decision to either have these children or adopt these children. They didn't ask you specifically to adopt them, and they didn't ask to come uh, come into this world. You made those choices as an adult. So if you agreed by either making that child or adopting that child to take care of that child, you need to stand your ass there and take care of the damn child. I don't, I don't agree with these excuses. I understand being overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed constantly. I am a single father to now three boys. 17, 13, and 8. With, you know, different backgrounds, different traumas, different, you know, mental conditions in some cases. You know, all three of them have ADHD, but then it separates a little bit from there. I have one with autism, and I have one or two you know, that just have impulse disorders. And as overwhelming as this shit gets, as frustrating as it gets to deal with some of the shit that my kids do, when I have one that's in residential that's constantly attacking a staff member, I have one that's at home and wants to constantly steal food and now wants to steal money and... You know, when he was in school before this pandemic shit hit, was constantly acting out. He want to go smack glasses off people's faces and wants to go beat up fucking kindergartners when he's in second grade. And not only does he beat up a kindergartner, he beats up the actual smallest damn kindergartner in the school. When I'm going through situations like that, or when my oldest child wants to defy curfew time after time after time because 
He's almost 17 and doesn't think that he should have a fucking curfew. And I don't give a flying fuck what he thinks because he's still not an adult in this case. I get frustrated. I get overwhelmed. I have moments. But I've developed a system for this one. When I have those really weak moments, I separate myself from my children. I come in my room. I close the door. And I have my little emotional moment in whatever form it needs to take. You know, when I'm really, you know, especially now with this pandemic, it is very overwhelming for two of us or two of my children to be home with me virtually 24-7. Now, granted, the oldest, this 17-year-old is working, so he's not home with me as much, but it, it was grating to have him here up under me all the time. Pops on board. Well, entertain your fucking self. Watch TV or sleep all day. I don't care at this point. And then dealing with the oldest one's anger issues toward his mom, the youngest one's issues towards mom and dad, you know, dealing with abandonment issues, dealing with traumatic issues. I'm dealing with responses to traumatic behaviors that are traumas that definitely did not happen in my home. I am dealing with a almost adult, you know, I'm dealing with a teenager that's on the cusp of adulthood that maturity wise is nowhere near adulthood. Maturity wise, he acts like a goddamn eight year old. He is as impulsive as my eight-year-old. He flies off the handle worse because he's bigger. And I have to, you know, work special ways in order to bring him back around. I have to talk him down in a different way. Whereas I can, with the younger ones, kind of just yell out, shut up really quickly. And they realize, okay, well, well, I mean business. I can say that to my oldest one. And sometimes that works. But other times, if it's a situation that, and I only do all this extra work when it's a situation where they're not mad at me, but mad at another situation, I have to talk to him, reason with him, circle back around the same way I do with my autistic child, I do it with the oldest one. Because his brain, similar to my autistic child, will get stuck on one particular thing that he's upset about. And he will continue to circle back to it until you rationalize that shit away, which takes less time with my oldest than it does with my middle child, but still similar process. When I'm going through all this, you bet your ass, I get absolutely overwhelmed. I have to take time to come decompress. Now, could I use some fucking time alone? Could I use a babysitter for the youngest and and for the oldest one to go, you know, safely hang out with his friends and, and me to have a day or so free Absolutely. Do I get that very often? No. Especially now, especially with the pandemic, you know, and I do have to look out for the safety of both of these children because my oldest, even though he's old enough to understand and has the mental capacity to understand, acts like he just doesn't fucking understand the idea that just because your friends don't show symptoms does not mean they haven't come into contact with someone with coronavirus or they don't currently fucking have it. And with the youngest, I you know, he doesn't get to go to school and interact with other children his own age. He's the youngest in the household. There are no children his age in my household right now or close to his age. It's him and a damn 17-year-old. Dealing with the uptick in their behaviors is exhausting as shit. 
but I deal with it because this is what the fuck I signed up for. I may not sign up for these specific behaviors, but I signed up to be a parent. This is what I chose to do. This is what I choose to continue doing and will continue doing, you know, until I'm no longer able to. Therefore, I can't sit here and like, you know what? You need to go. Especially when I'm taking, you know, once I've, you know, either taken legal guardianship or adopted them, there's no going back from that. Now, as a foster parent, there, there's a little less certainty just because I can simply make a worker aware of something that a child does and they can choose to remove them from my home, even though I'm like, well, I didn't ask you to remove them. I'm just asking for assistance, which is what happened with my middle child. I asked for assistance and couldn't get it. And the choice was made for me. And I realized that that's a realistic thing. But in in those cases, I'm not making a choice. I am not choosing to remove my child from my home. The choice is made for me because I'm a foster parent, which does not afford me the same exact legal rights, but I feel I have the same moral obligation. I don't just give up on my kids. Now, yes, I did put the one teenager the fuck out of my house. But there was a reason for that one. You know, he had been with me for... um, He was with me for a month and a half. And his particular level of stubbornness and thievery and doing dangerous shit that could start fires in my home, which means he's a danger to himself, he's a danger to me, and his defiance prompted him to have to be removed from my house. I looked at it this way. When I have to tackle a five foot ten. 150-pound tops boy. So he's an inch taller than me, roughly. But when I have to run across my apartment and tackle a motherfucker because he's just being so disruptive, it's a little different. And when they think they're grown and you're of a certain age, because he was already 17 years old, at this point, he's now 18. When I had him removed from my home, I had him removed from my home back to residential. Because that was where the fuck he need to be. Because I'm not going to fight a child in my home. I might play fight with a child in my home. You know, when we're roughhousing around, I will jokingly say I'm going to do something to the 16, almost 17 year old that I have now. But I've not actually had to hit him. I've yelled at him. I've grounded him. I've, you know brought him to, you know, consequences that he doesn't expect because he wasn't getting them in his previous home, in his, you know, birth home. But I wasn't adopting the one that I got rid of. There was never any question of that one. He was only in my home temporarily anyway. I simply moved up the date of when they had to get him the fuck out of my home Because we're to a point where the altercations are becoming physical. And again, he is doing things that makes him a liability 
and a safety risk to himself and to me. And in a case such as that, I'm going to protect me. I'm always going to protect me first. And in that particular child's case, it was best for him to be removed from my home. Last I heard, he'd been in residential. He'd run away a few times, and he ran back to me once. And I talked him down and reminded him, you know, that wasn't a smart thing to do. And that's, you know, let him stay for a few hours and talked out his problems and talked to him like a reasonable, you know, father figure. And I took him the fuck back. Because at that point, I no longer had custody of him, and him being in my home was a liability to me and my foster license if I just kept him here. No, sir. Time to go. Go back where the hell, to the people that have custody of you, and do what the hell you're supposed to do. But to my other kids, I don't see any of them really going anywhere. And as the adoption question is, is a... Discussion for all three of them at this point. It's either adoption or guardianship at this point. I'm making permanent, you know, ties to these children. I am making promises of permanence to these children. And when I make that promise to deliver a permanent home to a child, that's what the fuck I intend to give them. I take that shit seriously. And once I sign off on whatever paperwork, whether I'm taking legal guardianship or adoption, which is splitting fucking hairs, and you may be wondering, well, what the fuck is the difference? Well, basically, it's an inheritance thing. You know, if I adopt them, and they're my legal children as if they were born unto me, then whatever the fuck I have gets divided among them if I don't leave a will. If I take guardianship of them, that ends once they age out. Um... Also, with guardianship, there is a very low possibility that birth parents can regain their rights and get them back. It's low, but possible. Extremely low in Missouri, because generally once they terminate rights and, and assign guardianship to somebody else, you know, to a foster parent, they generally don't like to reverse that, but it can be reversed. It's messy. It gives you a black mark on your record if it's reversed because you chose to reverse it. But to me... Either one of those options are permanent. You know, if I take legal guardianship, I have all the legal rights as a parent. I make all of your medical decisions. All of, you know, I'm responsible for you financially, morally, legally, ethically, all that shit. So to me, when I make that promise, when I sign on the dotted line on those court papers saying that I am your legal guardian or that I am now your legal father, that's what the fuck I am. And that's what I will be. And as I explained to my teenager, you know, since he has a shorter time, even though you're about to age out of the system in a year, my fatherly role continues into your adulthood. I don't believe in just, you know, putting him out once he turns 18. I'm just not going to be like, okay, well, you've aged out of the system now and I no longer get a monthly check for you, so get the fuck out. No, I'm not that parent. I, I'm going to continue to parent him and, you know, work out the details to see him safely into adulthood. And I'll continue to mentor him as the father figure he sees me as. Same with my other kids as they get older. Point being, shit's permanent. Make the, the, the choice to be a parent, act like a fucking parent, and understand it, that 
being a parent comes with work. It's not going to be simple. It's not going to be easy. It's not always going to be fun. Fuck, I barely have fun as a parent, to be quite perfectly honest with some of the shit that I deal with. However, I'm still a parent. I still made the choice, and I don't take out my frustrations on my kids. I'm not going to just discard them because things get hard because shit, things have been hard for me from the start because I chose to do this solo. There is one person that handles all the doctor's appointments, all the court hearings, all the the late night calls from fucking juvenile detention centers. Oh, there's one person that's here with them when they sick. You know, if they, if they just wake up and they just start throwing up randomly, and but it's not bad enough to necessarily go to the hospital, it's me that has to take off work and be at home with them. And yes, I work from home now, but, you know, that means I have to pop up and go take care of them. I'm taking care of all the headaches, all the, the scratches, all the scrapes, the cuts, the bruises, the, you know, the shit they give themselves, the, the I ate too much damn candy and now I'm, you know, feeling kind of sick to my stomach or I've been in the goddamn frosting that was put up in the top of the cabinet for a goddamn reason and now I'm you know on a sugar overload in addition to starting to feel sick all of those random ass issues the, the, the stealing the the curfew breaking all of that I deal with all this shit solo but again I made the choice to be a parent and to take on all that comes on with that and as I, you know, provide this home and the sense of stability for these children, which is the goal when I take these children in, and as I go towards a permanent plan of guardianship or adoption or whatever the fuck the case may be, I take my role permanently. And even as a foster parent, I treat my children as my children. I refer to them as my children, even though all of them don't call me dad. The youngest one calls me by my name. The oldest one calls me Pops. The middle one calls me Dad. Whatever. My job is the same regardless of which label you chose to give me. My job is the same regardless of whether I feel good. I've been dealing with a broken ankle for almost six weeks now. That has not stopped me from having to get up and deal with my eight-year-old. That has not stopped me from having to get up and occasionally deal with my 16, almost 17-year-old. It has not stopped me from having to deal with my 13-year-old from a distance. You know, I still have to deal with the phone calls from him, with the escalated behaviors, or when they catch him about to escalate and they want to calm him down. I get that phone call and spend 30 minutes to an hour on the phone with this child, talking him down, talking in circles because of how his brain is wired sometimes, repeating myself over and over and over again to try to avoid a physical altercation with staff. With my oldest, I have to talk to him to try to, you know, talk him down sometimes for physical altercations with grown-ass men. Or from problems with his biological mother. You know, I've had to talk him out of when we wanted to start him working and he needed his social security card for identification purposes. I had to talk him out of just going and breaking into his mother's house and taking it because he's that impulsive. I've had to talk him out of, you know, talking to his mother in a disrespectful way. 
all part of the territory. You know, not, again, all of the shit that I deal with is not exactly what I signed up for, but it just falls under the umbrella of I chose to be a parent. So I'm going to, you know, toughen up and go deal with the shit that I have to deal with. And when I have to have my little moments, I have them in my room by myself or, you know, I'll go take a walk and have a moment by myself or whatever. And, you know, I have people that I can call and I can talk to and I can vent about my frustrations. And occasionally I do have someone that I, you know, can call and be like, well, can you watch the little one for a few hours or overnight or whatever? And with the problems that they have, I have resources and there are resources that I find on my own. I don't just depend on my children's caseworkers to give me everything. Some resources I find on my own because I do my research. I'm like, okay, well, this will help my autistic child. This will help my youngest who has some of the worst traumatic, you know, experiences and responses to those experiences. This will help the oldest one deal with his abandonment issues with his mom or whatever. I do that research. I look into, you know, what I can find to help them from, you know, the the psychological level and also just at home, what can I do that helps them? I observe their behavior. I observe what kind of makes them feel better about themselves. I notice with the oldest one, constantly referring to him as son helps him. It helps him center himself, you know, especially when he's about to fly off the handle, but it also seems to kind of deepens our bond and lets him know, you know, as he had already pointed out to me, I was the only father figure he had that was actually trying to see him do something and and trying to see him succeed. And it kind of reinforces to him that, A, I am, you know, staying in that father figure role. B, I really do mean well, and C, I have an attachment to him. And I'm not just going to put him out for no reason. So, in closing, you know, just to wrap all this up, these YouTubers are fucking shitty human beings. They should not be considered parents. They should not ever be allowed to be parents again. And those that have thought about fostering or adopting children. Think about all this shit before you go into this. Think long and hard. If you're not willing to deal with a child that might, you know, be on the autism spectrum, because you might get them and they've not had that diagnosis yet, but you start to notice some things and then you take them to get evaluated and they're on the spectrum. If you're not willing to deal with that, and all the additional shit that comes with that. If you're not able with the verbal autistic child to re- understand that their brain will get stuck on this one thing that bothers them, and they may not be able to say word for word why it bothers them, but they're going to keep circling back to this one point and they're going to do it for the next fucking two hours. If you're not of the mentality of, I can sit here and go over that again and again with you, or I know how to give us a break from each other, come back and re-explain it or whatever you have to do to get them past that one little point their brain is stuck on. If you're not willing to do all that, don't foster children. Don't adopt children. Probably shouldn't have children either. 
but definitely don't foster or adopt these kids. Don't put them through that additional trauma, that, that separation trauma that they, you know, they've probably already got from being separated from their birth parents. Don't make that shit worse. If you're not willing to put in the time, don't try to go be a parent. It's really that simple. So now that we've got that all wrapped up and I've gotten that off my chest and this has been probably a fairly long-winded rant and I don't give a shit because I think these people are shitty human beings, let's wrap this show up. I don't know when the next show is coming out and I don't know which topic will pop into my head to talk about. I don't know if I'll have a guest or I'll be just talking by myself again. But y'all know how this goes. If y'all want to add a suggestion for a topic discussion or if you have a question to submit or if you just want to, you know, give me some feedback, I don't care. You know my social media. I got Twitter, I got Instagram, I got Facebook, all at Draco's Den. And then there's the website, dracosden.com. As usual, I forgot to mention this on the last show, but I'll mention it here. Those that choose to support the websites or support the podcast are going to get first dibs on making suggestions. So, you know, there's a support option on the Anchor link for the podcast hit the support button and feel free to start suggesting the way beyond that i'm going to go ahead and sign off because i have been talking for quite a while tonight and not much more to say on this particular topic but you know how to reach me if you've got suggestions until next time talk to you guys later